dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Sister Natalia. <laughs> glory, <laughs> glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Um, Father Michael's making very strange arm motions at me and trying I, to get me to laugh. I live in Hollywood now, so you got to do the click thing. <laughs> and... Oh, I did it again. I forgot what they say. What do they, what do they say in Hollywood? Action. Action. <laughs> I, I, for, I forgot I've done that joke before. Oh my gosh, I'm getting so old. I'm repeating myself. Yeah. You need a new co-host, sister. No. Get some young. I couldn't, I couldn't do this with anybody else. Yeah, you could. You know I couldn't. It wouldn't be the same, but you could. You totally could. Name one person I could do this with other than you. Um, how about the most mentioned person on this podcast oh father travis exactly i could do it with him no nah, we'd probably fight too much <laughs> <laughs> that might make it entertaining though yeah maybe um listen did you hear when you made your dumb joke about action did you hear the extra laughter in the background was that from our audience of one Yes, audience of one, Maggie's a beacon. Do you want to say hi, Maggie, or no? Maggie's hey. a what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Yes, I know. It happens all the time. I, Maggie's I've a made, what? I've made, I've made that joke before, too, I know. I'm not a beacon. Uh, I like yes. bacon. Welcome, Maggie. Maggie, Maggie holds the, uh, the vocations office of the Diocese of Cleveland together. <laughs> right? Oh, that's... Probably true. I'm not. I'm not going to say it. you run it, but you you hold it together. <laughs> um, her and some other people. <laughs> um, yeah. So Maggie does work for the vocation office of Cleveland, which is why she's with us today because she's listening in and seeing what the equipment we use and things like that. Um, be, why are you smiling? I, I just think it's really funny that people are looking to us for an example of how to do podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Although of all the things, the, the equipment is probably the thing you want to you want to look at. Right? When yeah, I, you don't want to look at organization <laughs> or planning. Oh my gosh! When I was on Catholic stuff, we literally had people call us up and say, you know, um, you know, you have all these listeners, and you know, what's your secret, and you know, what's your social media presence, and how do you do this and that, and the, and I was like, I guys, like I literally, we we fell into this. We're just we're we're four priests that love each other, love talking to each other, love drinking whiskey and talking about Jesus, and we just record it. That's literally <laughs> all it is, and that was just a that was a niche that uh, was not filled. So, well, so, yeah. Yeah, Byzantine Catholic priest and Byzantine Catholic nun is also maybe a niche that's not filled. Um, and we are the, so much more organized than Catholic stuff. Like the fact really? that we have, well, the fact that we have now other people kind of helping us stay organized. That's true. You know, but Father John Nepple on Catholic stuff was, he was definitely the the organized one. He was the one who made sure, that, you know, things were timed, we had things scheduled and all that. So that that's you in this relationship, sister. <laughs> I'm just the I'm just the ADD run around, you know. I'm the Father John Nepple. Enjoy life type guy on here and you're the organized one so yeah mm. the um the oh what was i gonna say um it's kind of scary to me that we're more organized than catholic stuff because i feel like we're completely unorganized the uh, yeah. um that's true though we do have we have some some more people on the team oh i should announce the newest person on the team yeah probably is it a female as harsh as a no 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> so in, intern Olivia, a.k.a. Olivia Kiauskas, oh. is now... Um, Olivia's a what? <laughs> It's now part of our team because she is working. She's going to be doing, I think, like graphic design stuff. Anyways, background stuff. Background is that the behind the scenes? That's the (laughs) that's the phrase behind the scenes. Um, So (laughs) we have um, so we have a meeting this week, but um, but we also have someone who's been kind of organizing things for us, and that's been helpful. I told him Uh that. Here's a confession, Father Michael. I told him that the the reason it's really good that we have meetings is not really because of the meetings themselves. It's because the meeting becomes the deadline of when you need to get things done. <laughs> yeah. And so if we didn't have the meeting, then this stuff wouldn't get done. Like if I get an emergency call 10 minutes before the meeting, I will have nothing oh. done for the meeting. Uh-huh. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> right. But I have but a quick question is, for you Maggie. you spend those 10 minutes before the meeting doing the stuff that you need to do, but if the yes. meeting wasn't scheduled, it just wouldn't happen. I've been nope. there, Father. Exactly. Um, yeah. What's your question for sure Maggie? So, some of us work better that way. Um, so totally on topic. Um, huh. Maggie, does it look to you like Mary of Egypt is glaring at Sister Natalia? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there's, there's an icon of Mary of Egypt behind Maggie and Sister Natalia. And like, totally Mary of Egypt like looks like she's like she's looking at Sister Natalia. And she's not centered. She's looking to her left. It's true. And, and it looks like she's glaring at Sister Natalia, which I you think is hilarious. A, you should take a screenshot so that we can see it. That's going to keep me entertained for like this entire podcast. <laughs> um, I'm glad what I have to say won't keep you entertained. You need something else. All right, I took a screenshot. Okay. Hope um, you guys are ready. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maggie oh Maggie always looks gorgeous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, so I didn't get to finish saying why Maggie's here. She does work for the vocations office for Cleveland. I, I, I almost said that you're the vocation director, which is not true. False. That would be Father Michael McCandless. Um, but Maggie works with him. And um, they have a podcast Shout out to Created and Called. And um, they've recorded their first season? What are you calling it? No, we did like the first half of the episode. So it's like a it's a response to Corona just as a way of, because mm. we had to cancel a lot of events. And so oh, yeah. it's like a way of continuing spreading the cultural vocations or basically letting people tell their vocation stories. It's been fun and very interesting. So this, so this is the one that, Mother Gabrielle is on, or this is a separate mm-hmm. one? This is the one that she's on, too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <clears throat> so, so welcome to Maggie. Um, nice. Maggie totally called me out on something um, probably a week or two ago, and I meant to mention it on our last podcast, but I forgot, and so I can mention it on this one while she's here. Um, she called me out on several episodes ago. I mentioned how tired you looked, Father Michael, and she called me out on my hypocrisy because I hate when you tell me that I look tired. Um, you were very gracious and didn't say anything, but I got your back, Father. Thank you, Maggie. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I just use that as an excuse to take a nap. I'm like, Jesus, I know I have a lot of things to do, um, but none of them are last minute. And I was told by Sister Tyler that I looked tired, so I'm going to go take a nap. So I, I, I actually enjoy it. Becomes my excuse. Anyways, I tried to tell her that it was 
not total hypocrisy because it's just different for men and women. But then I realized that it's not really a difference between men and women. It's a difference between Sister Natalia and the rest of the world. Um, yeah. You've never once told me that you like my hair, ever. Hmm. I like it. Thank you, Maggie. Styled very nicely today. Yeah. For those listeners who, <laughs> for those listeners who like, don't actually know what we look like, Father Michael is bald. So somebody, somebody said that it was referring to the nuns of Christ the bridegroom and saying that you, you know a girl is, is naturally pretty when she wears no makeup and looks like she's bald because of the, the vestments they wear <laughs> and she's still pretty. <laughs> I was like, that's really funny. Like, like the, the Eastern habits are supposed to look like they're supposed to kind of take away the, the, the stunningness of, of a woman's natural beauty. And so it tries and when it doesn't work, then that was... <laughs> Are we testing it on Maggie? <laughs> so, uh, sister, what, what mug are you drinking out of? Um, I'm drinking out of a disposable coffee cup oh. because Maggie brought me a soy latte. Nice. Soy because we're in a fasting season, so we can't have dairy. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. What is that did mug you, and where did it come from? This is, this is shout out to Pauline. <laughs> Mirt, who gave me a, who gave me a what God is not co-host mug with all pictures of Sister Natalia, including one. This is my Christmas gift, including oh, one no. where there's hair. You were supposed to. You were probably supposed to wait to open that until Christmas. I probably was because she. Yes. So we're recording this on December twenty seventh. I know it's going to come out before Christmas, but we're actually recording it after Christmas. So thank you so much, um, Pauline, Pauline's for the mug. Gonna, Pauline's going to be really upset because she told me to put it under. Because I got one too, but she told we'll me to put it, it under the Christmas tree. No, we won't. And she told me to put it under the Christmas tree and to have one of the other nuns record me opening it. You're, 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 so, you're so good at following orders, sister. <laughs> I'm like a child. Ooh, present. <laughs> okay, we're already 10 minutes in. Maybe we should move to the topic, yeah? Yep, please. Except before we move to the topic, I want to give a shout out <laughs> to whoever. So someone sent us, um, it just came in the mail a couple days ago. Someone sent us liquid IV, which is those, you know, the, the powdery stuff that I put in my water that mother Eliana and I use because of the, because of our pots. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't even, they just mailed it to us from Amazon and there wasn't even like one of the little notes in it saying who it was from or anything. Um, but I'm assuming it's gotta be a podcast listener. So thank you to whoever did that. And they even got us, we always get the same flavor and they even got us um, new flavors, which we don't usually buy because they're more expensive. So ah, cool. Well, whoever did, Amazon's weird. I think even if you try to put your name on there, you can't. So, by the way, no, whoever, well, often, tr- often Amazon comes with like if you say that this is a gift, then you can put oh, a I message see. in there okay. or whatever. Right. Well, thank you, whoever did that. Yeah. Keeping Sister Natalia healthy. Yeah. Always you, a good thing. Do you have any shoutouts? No. Great. Um. I'm trying okay. to think. I probably do. Objectively, I do, but I can't think of any right now. So go ahead. Okay. I'm going to keep do going. The topic. And then you'll just burst in at some point with shout outs, probably. <clears throat> ouch. Ouch, <laughs> that wasn't ouch. even that funny. Yeah, but it, it hurt. No, Sorry, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> go 
Okay. Um, am I being extra mean to you today or something? I don't mean to be. No. Okay. Just the normal amount of mean. <laughs> I'm all I can bad. see is all I can see is Mary Vija glaring at me now. <laughs> I know I'm like I'm a, I'm trying to be really nice too because she's obviously pretty pissed. So, <laughs> oh, poor Mary of Egypt. Okay, I'm going to go into the topic. So, this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently, and it might be a short topic. Although every time I've said that, we then both have a lot to say on it, and it ends up being long. So, there you go. But it might be short, and we might end in under an hour. Um, who knows? So when I, um, a couple of years ago, I took a psychology course in which, um, as, as in part of the course, you're supposed to make a list of your activities for the day and, and go through each of those activities and assign them each as, I don't remember the phrase that was used, but I feel like it was maybe nourishing versus depleting. And, and then there was also neutral. Um, but it's like, what are the tasks that, that fed you, that you felt, um, rejuvenated by? And what are, what are the ones that kind of, um, pulled you down, tired you out, et cetera. And the, the point, the point of doing this was not necessarily to just take out the depleting activities. And that's, that was some of it. Like if there's a depleting activity and it's depleting because it's not actually what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and so it's just kind of weighing you down then sure, get rid of that. But, but it's also the point of how can we make some of those depleting activities into nourishing ones, or at least neutral? How can we make them not so depleting? The ones that, that are necessary to be there or that we, we really feel we're supposed to do, but they deplete us. And I was thinking of this recently because um, I was home for Thanksgiving and... We had, we had a family friend there. And at one point, my dad or my brother, my brother makes a joke about some TV show that all three of us, my dad, my brother, and I have all seen. And I won't say what the TV show was, but he makes a joke about this TV show and my dad and I laugh. And then, and then the family friend is like, I don't understand that reference. And um, I said, oh, it's from this TV show. And then I kind of paused and I was like, but you... You probably don't need to see it. I don't really feel like any value is added to my life because of it. <laughs> and um, and my dad's like, yeah, me neither. Um, but we've seen like all the episodes of this TV show pretty much. Um, but we both just felt that it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't value added having seen this show. And and I was I was thinking of this also because I've started to just really... Even even before COVID and and the the whole um, like limited gatherings and stuff like that, even before any of that happened, um, I'd started to to make this kind of discovery about myself that it used to be that I was really um, I was really drained from like parties and and large gatherings, which is crazy because I'm a huge extrovert, right? Like. Um, but at times, if it's people that I don't know, then um, th- I'm in this like odd conundrum of I'm an extrovert, but really scared of people. Um, but if it's people that I do know, then the problem was that at these large gatherings, I'm such an extrovert that I'm like jumping around trying to see everyone and um, telling as many funny stories as I can and getting as much attention as I can and having as many interactions as I can because it's like I have to make the most of it. Um, and, and like really maximize the fun and maximize what I'm getting out of this. And then I would go to bed and feel 
totally empty <laughs> and and like not nourished at all, completely depleted and um, and just really wanting like I, I didn't feel and and only recently and by recently I mean maybe like two or three years ago um, did I start to kind of change how I experienced gatherings um, of like really trying to be present to the person that the Lord has placed in front of me in that moment, you know, and, and really trying to engage in deep conversation and, and find out like what's going on in this person's life and really try to see them and not only see myself and not only um, be focused on what I should be getting out of this interaction, um, but actually like engage and be present and, and try to, to be attentive to what God is asking. Um, and that, that totally changed the way that I experienced parties or large gatherings. Um, and then I want to say, I want to say one more thing and then I'll let you jump in with things, Father Michael. I mean, I have a lot more to say for the episode, but, um, but before you talk, okay. Um, <clears throat> You're very diligently writing down what you want to say, which I appreciate. I am, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I'm much less polite than you and I'll just jump in whenever I want when you're talking. So the, I, I think that this could be a really fruitful practice for people to have as like an examination at the end of their day. So, so there's like, St. Ignatius talks about doing an examine and there are lots of different practices um, in different traditions of the church of like um, at the end of the day, thinking back on your day. Um, and I think this could be a really fruitful way of doing that is to, to look through the different conversations you've had that day, to look through the different activities of the day, the different tasks, the different work that you've done, things like that. And, and really try to um, be honest with yourself in what, was what was nourishing, what was depleting? What did you feel brought you closer to the Lord and what just kind of brought you down, um, brought you further from him? And I, I don't just mean like sin. I don't, I don't just mean sin and what you've done wrong, but like what's actually feeding you. Um, and I would, I would only recommend that people do this if they're able to really do it without a spirit of self-condemnation because it's not gonna be healthy if you just um, lay there and think about all of the ways that you didn't feel fulfilled. Um, but, but rather look at it as like, okay, this wasn't really fulfilling for me. How could it have gone differently? Again, not in the self, sense of self-condemnation, but in the sense of like, next time I'm in this situation, what can I do to make it more fulfilling? Um, and, and, the, and, and actually that's, that's always, in my understanding, that's always the point of any sort of examination we make at the end of the day, like um, at least a huge point of it. Part of it is, is contrition and um, bringing to God both your, your sorrows and your joys and, and all of that. But it's also always a looking forward of um, what can I learn from this day that I can use going forward um, to grow in holiness. I'm going to yes. pause now and let you speak. Okay. I, I think that is, that's absolutely necessary. Well, you know, in, in seminary formation, I'm guessing you do the same thing in, in formation for the nunnery. Um, but you, there, there's like four pillars of, 
of formation, and obviously, Maggie, you know this really well, um, <laughs> spiritual, intellectual, pastoral, and human. And I, I think that the, and, and a good formation program needs to um, have structured guidance in those four areas. And what I'm hearing, sister, is that like this is this is when we are being formed in the spiritual life, you could say the same thing. You know, we need to make sure that we are being formed academically, intellectually, also pastorally, how we serve others, also spiritually how we pray, and then human, just to make sure that we are, you know, grace builds on nature, to make sure that we're becoming good people. You know, I, I that's why I love doing evangelization because people outside of the church do not care that I'm a priest. They don't. Like I need to earn their love and respect just like anything else. And in the church is too easy as a priest, I'm guessing as a nun too, that you almost have like respect right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you got to kind of maintain it. But but in the world, you have to earn it. And that, I, I think that's good for people who live in the bubble of the church to do, to go out and actually to make themselves vulnerable and say, you know, I'm, I want I want to be formed as a human being too, not just in these other ways. And one of the ways to be formed as a human being is to say, I'm actually going to try to earn the respect of people that don't care what my job is, don't care what my ministry is, don't care of the dignity that the church gives and then try to earn respect there. Um, but um, the reason why I'm saying this is because I, I think what, what you're saying, what you're saying is, <laughs> What is she? Are you seeing that she's glaring at you now too? Okay. <laughs> so, so what? Uh, so what, what? What? What you're saying, I think, is absolutely necessary to grow as a human being. It, it's it's important to grow just as as a Christian, grow in holiness. But if you want to be a good human, you have to be open to constructive criticism, and you you have to be open to people in a gentle, loving way, sharing their thoughts about your life. And this is a lot easier for some people than it is others, but that's one of the ways to do it is to start allowing your own constructive criticism in your own life that comes from Christ in prayer, examination of conscience, Mm -hmm. and not not letting it bring shame or self-hatred, self-condemnation. So I have homework for you, sister. I thought about this is what I was writing down. And... um, you can say no. This is this is podcasting. This isn't spiritual direction. Um, but I really want to encourage you, and I, I'm sure they have this. I've just I, I don't I've never used like a, a structured examination of conscience. I know that like Ignatius mm-hmm. wrote one and things like this. And Ignatius might have even done this already, or you, there, these might already be in existence. But could you write a Byzantine prayer to to kick off? an examination of conscience. And the reason I say this is because I think that it's very, very important for especially those who are prone to regret and shame and self-hatred that comes from an examination of conscience, that would be abhorrent to them. What you just said, Mm -hmm. I think, I'm glad you did the qualification at the end because I think they can't even imagine. Like, I mean, I, I would imagine after a big party, most people in this generation go home and think about all the things they did wrong. Mm. I'll bet you most people do that. They, they think, oh man, I shouldn't have said this or I should have said this or I shouldn't talk to this person or I should have said this differently. Or, you know, the, the, the devil loves those big communal gatherings because he just attacks people after them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that to be a good human, we need to stop doing that. And, and, and we need to add an examination of conscience that actually says exactly what you said, sister. Like, we're, we'll just... We'll do this, like, what am I going to do better next time? And let that, so after you've had an examination of conscience like that, I know what to do next time. I've written it down or it's in my brain. I'm literally going to go to sleep joyful. Like I'm going to, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, the anxiety's gone. I'm going to say, I, I, I learned what I need to do. And so ne- next party, it's going to be great. You know, and I'm going to, and you go to bed actually restful, joyful, peaceful. So if you could write a prayer, please sister, a prayer that kicks off, an examination of conscience that that reminds people of God's unconditional love 
of, of their childlikeness, of God's forgiveness, of the hope he gives, of the empowerment that he gives um, for next time, uh, of, of the, the, the joyful way he sees our mistakes. I mean, the way he sees them and if, if they're encountered rather with a little bit of guilt rather than shame, how there's, those should be received joyfully with hope. And again, this is a process. We're not all there. We're not all gonna be there. We'll be there different in different, you know, periods and, and we need to process it differently. But I think a prayer like that could be really good. And I think, I think our listeners would agree with me. Yeah. Um, do you agree with him, listener? Yes. Audience of one. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray that prayer. <laughs> Amen. Um, I, uh, I, I feel like, I don't know if this is just me being um, totally self-centered as I usually am, but I feel like you're also wanting me to do this because you know how much I need it myself. Um, so I did not think of that, but yes, you do. <laughs> you are subconsciously fathering. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I smiled at one point while you were talking because even though I was listening to you, I also was semi wondering what my mug from Pauling is going to look like and <laughs> what pictures of you are going to be on it. There will not be a picture of me with hair. Uh, oh, no. Like Older ones of you, you had hair. <laughs> On, on social media. I think she got them all from social media. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, anyways, okay. Can I continue on? Or is that all you had written down? Nope, but that's okay. I mean, I'll, you can I'll say in, more things. I'll bring in, then I'll bring the other things if, if they come up. Okay. Well, so one, one kind of clarification I wanted to make is as... If, if you're going to do something like this, if you're going to have this this examination of your day and think about um, which things nourished you, i.e. brought you closer to the Lord, and which things depleted you, i.e. pulled you away from him, um, I'm not at all saying that you should be spending your entire day reading scripture and meditating um, because I think that's what that's what people think sometimes there can be this misconception of in order to be holy, in order to be focused on the Lord, I need to be doing nothing but reading scripture and meditating or contemplating or whatever. And, and those things are important <laughs> and you do need to incorporate scripture and p- silent prayer into your day. Absolutely. Um, but I'm, I'm not by any means suggesting that um, any activity that you find to be depleting, you should replace with scripture and meditation. Um, because in fact, I have <laughs> I've been just as edified and had just as many conversions by things like watching Runaway Bride or reading Jane Eyre as I have by reading Mere Christianity or watching like Ostrov, the island, um, or something like that. So, um, so it's it's very much a matter, I think, of finding God. <sighs> Not, not really. That's that's not how I want to say. It. I was going to say finding God within the things, but I think then it can just be too easy to justify what we're doing um, by finding God in them. It's it's much more I think about um, finding the things that really draw you in closer to God, and then ident- identifying what within them is bringing you close to God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I and I think <clears throat> I mean I, I had somebody one time say that they get 
they get more spiritual feelings. They they find Mumford and Sons extremely prayerful, even more prayerful mm-hmm. than most mm-hmm. crazy worship music. Um, and Mumford and Sons totally. has some explicitly like spiritual things, but it's most of it's not. It's just it's kind of this is why we in the companions in Denver we would insist upon reading good literature, like you just mentioned, because good literature is shows transcendent beauty, and so good literature, any good art, should direct us to God. Mm-hmm. And so you know it's. I, I get kind of frustrated when people are like, oh yeah, I'm not going to listen to any praise and worship. I'm not going to read anything Christian because I find so much more in these other things. No, you know, you need things that are explicitly Christian too. But there, there's something about good art. If it's just objectively good, if it reflects upon human nature and it points us to the transcendent, to things that are other than this world, that it's going to have a, a spiritual effect on us. And it, it can even become prayer because when we do anything transcendent, that's where God is, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we're in a sense, good literature can be a conversation with God and a conversation with God brings us closer to him. Being closer to him is that's the definition of holiness and union with him is the definition of heaven. So this mm-hmm. is, it, all these things can be good. So yeah, you know, don't obsess over things that are explicitly Christian or not explicitly Christian, um, you know, and, and, and let, let God, do, but also, you know, pray for discernment of spirits, you know, pray mm-hmm. to make sure that the things that we, that we do <clears throat> like are, are not, they're not hedonistic, you know, we're, we're not, we're not, making ourselves an idol and saying, oh, I found God there when it just makes me feel good, you know, and then I become the idol that I'm worshiping rather than, than actual transcendent things. And that's where community spiritual direction comes in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why I also wanted to make the point of clarification about justification because we as human beings are very, very good, very skilled at justifying the things just that we want to do just because they, they bring us pleasure of some kind. Um, i.e. are hedonistic. Um, well, let, let me ask both so, you ladies yeah. for a second. Sorry. Do you have something else? Maggie, you're in on interrupt. this. Um, I mean, no, we're, we're at a good point where, like I still have more things, but we're at a good point. Because one of the things about, I'm just going back to like parties. One of the things that I think I think we will always have since it's it's like when a, when a kid goes to confession, right? I hurt my mommy and daddy this way. I hurt my brothers and sisters this way. And it's like, Father yeah, Michael, you, you're breaking the seal right now. <laughs> like every child. Um, and, every the, child. And, the, and the reason I say this is because I say to them, you know, you did, you did that very, very well. In other words, the, the, the gifts. The, <laughs> I just keep seeing Mary of Egypt glaring. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought that up, but it is so true. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, so there's things like every child is going to sin against their parents and against their siblings because that's who mm-hmm. God gave them to love the most and they're always going to fall short. Every single priest is going to sin against his people. Every single spouse is going to sin, sin against their spouse. Like if these things <clears throat> don't come up in confession, that then, then we're not we're not realizing the the immensity of what we should be doing with those in our life. You know, we're going to be sinning quite often and getting better and better and better as we go. Um, but there's something about community. And, and so we, there will, we will always sin against our community. We will always have regrets after every single party. Every single party, we will always have those regrets. So there, there's, something, there's something about acknowledging that um, and, then, and then desiring to do better. And I totally forgot where I was going with that. You had a question for Maggie and me. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. That's it. That's it. I wrote it down. This is why I write things down. Um, in other words, one of the things I think is, is since we're always going to mess up, Part of the help can come from our from the community. Like it's not just us changing, but we can actually <laughs> encourage our community to help us change so that it's I know I'm gonna mess up again, 
but but how does how does the community soften the sin? How does the community soften the blow? Like this is a good thing the community does. So um, one thing that 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 I've seen happen in my life is that when you have people in your community that will literally laugh at you and make fun of you for doing the stupid things you do, because then you realize this is not as it's not like when my mind, when I regret doing something, because I really think I've hurt somebody immensely, or I think I've just, I've talked way too much and I've taken over the conversation and things like that. And if literally, if I'm talking too much, which I do quite often at parties, if I'm talking too much <laughs> and someone's like, dude, father, you're doing it again, shut up. And I'm like, oh, sorry, you're right. You know, then, then I'll, I'll shut up. You know, and I, I think it's good to have the community. I, I, I can see the look in your face, but 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 <laughs> like this is part of that human formation. Like if we have community around us that that says pretty much, I'm I'm saying this, I'm joking with you because I know that you have this tendency, but it's not it's not like hurting me deeply. I'm literally I'm I'm able to joke about it. I'm able to <clears> laugh <throat> about it. But I'm, I'm I'm honing you, and you're honing me, and we kind of go through these. In other words, it's not just I do all these things in secret. Then I go to my father in secret who hears me. That happens too. But if I if I do these things publicly, everything that is done in darkness will be brought to the light. And I think if if our community begins to know what the, the, our tendencies and the things that we do regret about gatherings in a community, and then they call us out, and especially if they can do it in humor, like this person sees to my soul. Like they, they see to my soul and my community does this. And so I know that, 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 that even if I, if I think, oh my gosh, I was so, you know, I said something that scandalized this person, you know, that's always going to happen. I always said something scandal. Well, I guess in my life, maybe, maybe not everybody's life, but like, <laughs> I, I'm going to say something that like, that was like, oh, father shouldn't have said that. And then, but if, if so they told me you shouldn't have said that or joked about it, like in the moment, even the moment or afterwards, like then I'm not worried about causing all this trouble that I think I might've caused, mm -hmm. but just nobody told me. So with real close community, real close friendships, to be able to share all these things, it definitely, it, it, you avoid sin, you grow and, and you avoid the kind of the hidden regret and self-condemnation that comes with, I bet I hurt this person. Nope. Cause if I did, they would have told me. You know, and I know that can be really hard, but finding those friends that actually call you out, whether it's the humor or just pulling you aside later on, but but it's I think these things, the examination of conscience comes to ourselves and other people. And it's mm. just really I think it's really, really good to have those friends. I totally agree, especially after you made the distinction <clears throat> at the end there of um either with humor or even with pulling them aside. Because I think that what you're saying about the ways that you've been called out works very well for your temperament mm. and maybe for being a man. Um, I I don't think, I mean, this isn't just a difference I think between men and women, but, um, but I, it would be painful for me if one of my sisters in the community, knowing that I'm like really struggling with something and really trying to work on it, um, then like made a joke about it in front of a bunch of people. That would actually be painful for me. Um, and, as you know, I'm like a million times more sensitive than you. Um. But what about what about if it was only in the community among like just the people you love the most and love you the most? That would probably be because okay. they all know. They all know. It's 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 not like a public thing. It's literally yes. Like well, we you, all the know. example you gave, you said we're at a party, so that makes it sound and public I do, to me. Yeah, I do and agree. That would probably, I, yeah. <laughs> I find I find virtue, and I know this is odd, but I find it very virtuous to to have everything out in the open in my life. I really do. And there obviously there's things I don't want out in the open, but when someone calls and I squirm when they say something, I assume I'm wrong. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I don't assume they're wrong. I assume I'm wrong, and and I and I should be more open to to this obvious thing being brought into the light. Now, that's also you find out things that are wrong, and people have misjudged, and and they they say something assuming that that's they're wrong, and then and then I think the right thing to do is to call them out. That's the virtuous thing to do is to say, nope, I I I think what you just were referring to is this, and that's just not the case. But I understand, sister. I do that. There's that sensitivity is a thing and sensitivity is a good thing. It's a gift from God. And, but I do think there, there should be challenge in that. I think I, we all need to be challenged and, and to, to allow our sensitivity to remain only a good thing. Cause I think sensitivity can, can also be something that we kind of need to hone and perfect by, by the grace of God. I agree. And I think it's different if it's just the community. Um, whereas if it's like in a public space, um, because, and and it depends upon the relationship you have with the person. Um, like you could do that to me, maybe um, if I'm if you see me doing something that I've I've told you I struggle with, um, mm-hmm. even in a public place. But if someone else does it, I might just feel shamed, or I might feel you know. So it's like it's it's the way in which it's done. Um, mm-hmm. Because even humor can, um, like this this happened with just me and one of the other nuns recently, like I said something to her and I tried to say it in a humorous, lighthearted way in order to lighten it. And in fact, I just like actually hurt her pretty badly. Mm. Um, and then we had to talk it out where she was like, this is what I thought your tone was saying. And I was like, that's not what I meant at all. You know? And um, so I like all of those nuances I think are very important. Um, I wouldn't want people to just start like shaming all their friends in front of, like, right. in front of a bunch of people. Um, so I think the trust needs to be there and um, and and open discussions, right? Like when I, I had this discussion with this nun in which she said, like, when you said that, the tone was hurtful to me and it was like, oh, okay. And, and it was a moment of learning for me of like how she'll best receive it and how mm-hmm. is the best way to, to call her out on this thing or whatever. Um, and so continued discussions between the person who's being called out and the one doing the calling, I think is also very yeah. important. And I also think that our generation needs to, needs to grow in the virtue of confidence, mm-hmm. you know, to, and I think that comes from a, a deep understanding of Christ's love for you that cannot be taken away by your behavior or by your mistakes or anything like that. So the, a, a deep understanding of God's love for you and the 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 re, uh, confidence of course is not a virtue properly but humility is and i think i think true humility is is when you see someone who's truly humble they they, they have just i mean it is unbreachable confidence mm-hmm. if if you're if you're truly humble and i i think that's what what true humility is is that ability now again a truly humble person there are consequences to that. You know, if if you if you welcome criticism and you welcome open discussion about your own weaknesses which becomes vulnerability, there are certain I mean if you're working in a job, you might not get that promotion. You know, mm-hmm. you you if you want to be truly humble, you have to you have to say and I'm going to understand the the world does not understand true humility. The devil does not understand true humility. So if I want to be truly humble, I have to take the consequences of the world and say some people might not be my friends. So I might not get the promotion. I might not get the respect. I might not get the gig. Whatever I want. And it, but but it's, we have to treasure humility more than more than the world's affirmations, and that that has real circumstances. But in the kingdom of God, that's the crown. 
you know, absolutely the crown. So, so confidence in our society. I, I love, I love to kind of talk about and discuss what confidence is because obviously confidence can also be pride mm-hmm. and, you know, and it can actually be more evil if, if there's, if there's a true confidence, but if, if your confidence is not prideful confidence, but humble confidence, two very, very different things. We asked Maggie's opinion, but we're not letting her talk. So I'm going <laughs> to let her come in now. Okay. Well, I was just going <laughs> to... <laughs> I was just going to touch on um, dovetailing on what you were saying that, and I think you kind of touched on it too, Father, that while it's, while it's important to have those people in your life that can like call you out and that's beautiful to have friendships like that. Conversely, um, like if you're going home and, and down this rabbit hole of like, oh no, I offended this person to have someone that you can go to that they can like kind of stay those fears or mm-hmm. give you like the reality of that situation and be like, no, you're, you're way overthinking this. Or, mm-hmm. or yeah. like maybe they know someone and they can like bridge the gap between, you said something to someone, they can bridge that gap of like, oh no, I know them. Like they didn't take it that way at all or, you know, yeah. whatever that may be. And, and the value of, of having that recourse to, to those friendships too. Mm. Yeah. And like, like exactly, I'm going to get a second opinion on this type thing from someone that I, I do really love and trust. Yeah. And I, I think that also can build confidence. Um, and even in the moment, like, like we were having, a Sister Natalia and I were on the phone the other day and she was, I said something and I was like, oh my gosh, that was so judgmental, wasn't it? And she was like, <laughs> she, she laughed, <laughs> she laughed, but <laughs> I, was like, I didn't mean it like that. And then she's like, yeah, maybe like, let's look at it this way. And it was you know, just in the moment to be able to like call, like I can even call myself out and be like, you're seeing that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's something about about desiring to be helpful. And I don't want to go too far from the topic, but I've had a couple things recently happen that for instance, I have a, a, a new friend here who has kind of had a change of opinion about um, they, they're Roman Catholic and about uh, kind of criticizing bishops and priests when they don't let people receive on the tongue. Because obviously that's a big debate in the Roman Catholic world right now. So, and, and this person went from saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to adamantly want to receive the way this most reverent even during what we hope is a temporary change in that policy. And I'm going to really be insistent and really go out of my way to, to kind of keep on pushing the bishops and the priests on making sure that they, they make the Eucharist available on the tongue. And then they had a, a, a bit of a change of heart to say, you know, I actually want to think more about obedience and mm. to say, you know, the priest is being obedient to the bishop. And so instead of, instead of kind of putting all this, pressure on the priest, like say, I'm going to be helpful to you. Like I'm going to be actually helpful to your obedience. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to, like, I'm going to receive on the hand and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it out of the saying, this is not the most reverent way to receive, but this is a temporary thing. And I'm actually going to treasure obedience. I mean, how many, how many saints, especially in the West have explicitly, we were talking about this the other night, I mean, Teresa of Avila and, and Padre Pio are great examples where it was pretty, I think like with Teresa Avila, the story that, that was told to me was that God told her something like in prayer that was explicit. And then her superior said the exact opposite. And who did she go with? Superior. Her superior, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I was like, that was one of the most explicit, explicit moments of where God is literally saying, be obedient to your superior, even though they're wrong 
you know. Mm-hmm. And again, if it's immoral, don't do that. I mean, this is a whole debate. I, I don't want to get too much into it. But you don't want to follow a spirit asking you to do something immoral. Um, but things like this, and 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 it was a great discussion because I thought we're not. We just need to be helpful to people. Like actually desire to be helpful. Um, and I'll tell you later on, sister, about something in my life that I don't want to share publicly. But it it that, that's like. Uh, yeah, why? Why am I putting up this fight? If I if I actually consider from their point of view, then 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 I'm actually going to be helpful. So I think if if we have these people in our community where we say it's going to be so awkward to ask you this question or to call you out, you know, because it is it is really hard to call people out as well unless unless they ask for it. So mm-hmm. sometimes we can say, you know, I'm I know that you. I can tell that there's some things I do that make you uncomfortable and I'm actually going to ask you to please share them with me, but I'm going to ask you to do it alone or I'm going to ask you to do it in a gentle way or I'm going to ask you to do it with a little bit of humor, things like this. And then the person who wants to do it can say, you know, I, I want to be a really close friend of yours, but I also want to make sure that I'm doing this helpfully. So, you know, what does that look like? I mean, I've, I've had people that, I had a person in Denver um, who, you know, I know sister who would, would say, you know, I, I want you to be completely open with me and, and don't hold anything back. And then... And then I would say certain things and they would be like, um, can you just not do that though? And it, like, <laughs> I would say, but you just said share everything. And like, okay, I need, to, I need to be helpful to their spiritual life. And, and it inconvenienced me because I couldn't say certain things or joke about certain things when, when this person was around. Mm-hmm. So it actually, I had to overthink, but I, I did it out of love. I had to say, is this person around? I'm going to say things differently if they are. And at first that was frustrating to me. And I thought, well, if I do truly love them, I'm willing to be inconvenienced a little bit to, be, to actually be helpful. And, and I can see that they're being vulnerable. They're sharing a weakness. And a why, why, would I, why would I make it all about me? You know, and, and actually, why don't I help them in this weakness? Yeah, so those continued conversations um, of accountability and the best way to go about it and stuff, I think, are, are very important. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to make a, a few more quick points before we wrap up. This ended up not being a short podcast. But that's right. <laughs> it's only 45 minutes. Um, I have a few more points. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, um, so one, speaking of um, being edified by um, things like novels, um, I recently started reading Little Women, and I, I've seen two different versions of the movie Little Women, um, but I've never actually read the book, and it's just like, you know, normally there's there's like overly pious language in it and normally the things like that would make me kind of like vomit um but <laughs> um but for some reason in this book like it is just piercing my heart um and it's it's really really beautiful so it's i'm not having that experience at all um but <clears throat> there's there's one line that, that I read recently, um, or a couple lines that I think fits into this very well. Um, actually, although I, I didn't realize this until this moment, it also fits into the calling out kind of thing. Um, so it says, um, there's, uh, Little Women is about um, four sisters and their mom living together while their dad is... Um, helping in the war and things like that. Um, There's no spoilers there. Don't worry. You know all of this very early on, like first chapter. But um, one of the girls, the oldest one, is so excited to be going to this this party. Um, But her and her sisters don't, they're very poor. And so she doesn't have like all of the attire that she wishes she had. So the oldest sister is Meg. And then Beth is the other one in this interaction. Meg says... 
I wonder if I shall ever be happy enough to have real lace on my clothes and bows and on, on my caps. And then Beth, this is Beth's response. You said the other day that you'd be perfectly happy if you could only go to Aunt Annie Moffat's, observed Beth in her quiet way. So I did. Well, I am happy and I won't fret, but it does seem as if the more one gets, the more one wants, don't it? And um, so there's also the like, Beth is calling her out, you know, on, you said, you said the other day that if you could just have this, you'd be happy and, and you have that now. Um, but that line really struck me. It does seem as if the more one gets, the more one wants. Because I think that, um, I mean, I mean, first of all, there's just, there's just a great truth here of we're just, <laughs> us human beings are insatiable. Um, and, and there's a great beauty in that. It's, it's how we're made because we're, we're finite beings, but we're made for the infinite. Um, or we're, we're finite in this moment, um, but we're made for the infinite. And so, so in some sense, um, in some sense, we choose what it is that we want more and more of, right? So this is like, um, like there have been times that I've just like binge watched TV episodes or something like that. And, um, and I have, I have a really addictive personality. And so it's like, when I, when I find something that I like, I just want it all the time. Um, and it's actually like a problem. And I have this problem with singular focus. Maggie and I have talked about this a lot. Um, <laughs> and, um, because Maggie's a good friend and calls me out when I need to be. Um, but it's like, I, um, this is a really interesting, um, dynamic right now because like those things that you've called me out on, I've shared with Father Michael as my spiritual father. And so it's just all very, anyways. Um, so I have this addictive personality and to the extent that like I've, I've completed entire series of a television series just because I started it, even if I didn't really like it. <laughs> um, that's probably more of like my OCD tendencies. Um, but we can have another episode about the psychological <laughs> problems of Sister Natalia. Um, my point being that um, when we allow ourselves certain things that we like, we're allowing ourselves to want that thing more and more. And I think that this is part of the reason and part of the beauty of asceticism is we're often, we're often fasting from good things because we know that when we have these good things, we want more and more of them because again, we're finite for now, but made for the infinite. And, and so when we're fasting from those good things in order to focus upon Jesus, um, then we're, we're, we're allowing ourselves to choose him more and more so that we want him more and more. Um, <clears throat> this is, I was praying with this on Pustinia, my last Pustinia this week, because um, this is the beauty of the communications fast for me. Um, I don't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but Father Michael and Maggie, you both know that um, during the fasting periods um, and then on Wednesdays and Fridays throughout the year, I, I fast from communications other than letter writing and the people that I'm with. Um, so I don't, um, I don't have personal emails or Skype calls or things like that uh, during the week. For the great fast, I include the weekends as well. But... Um, but anyways, this, this realization on Pustinia, like helped me to articulate why that's so good for me, because in allowing myself access 
to my friends these beautiful relationships all the time, I'm I'm wanting more and more of them. Whereas when I when I step back from that and try to focus on my relationship with Jesus, what I want more and more is deep relationship with him. And then when the time comes on the weekends or on feast days or things like that, when when I am allowed to be with my friends, it's like, at this point, I want Jesus so much more that I even want Jesus in them. Um, so it's like, I'm no longer, I'm no longer seeking myself in my relationship with them. Um, I'm seeking Jesus in them, which is like the most beautiful way to be in relationship, of course. Um, I say I am seeking Jesus in them and all of that, but like, I'm not there yet, but I just mean, that's what, that's what's happening. Like, that's what I'm progressing towards. Um, and, um, yeah, that's, that's one of the things I wanted to say. Yeah. That's, that's again, embracing the human because that's how the human works. And and like you said, we all have slightly addictive personalities. If we can use that for virtue and say, if I, just start doing something. And I mean, we all know that too. We, we, we enjoy the things that we're good at, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if we're not good at something, we don't enjoy it. And so if we can put in the ascetical time, if you will, the period of the fast before the feast, and if something would be good for us to know and we put the work into it and suffer through it and like, you know, prayer, fasting, almost giving the ascetical aspect then the feast comes, we get good at it and then we enjoy it. So if I can actually decide what I want to enjoy by deciding what I'm going to get good at, and then I have to put the work into getting good at it. So if, if that's, if that's time alone with Christ, like you said, sister, that's beautiful because you're saying, my, my body's responding to the guidance that I'm giving it. I'm going to actually restrict certain experiences and kind of force other experiences so that after a while I won't need to restrict. I won't need to force because they'll mm-hmm. come together. And even the things I'm restricting, if they're good, they'll be purified mm-hmm. by the restriction, you know, <laughs> rather, than, rather than become a, a distraction to the things that are even better because yeah. of that hierarchy. Yeah. So I guess my my point in this is that even as we're, as we're looking at like how we're spending our time, what it is that edifies us, what it is that um, builds us up, like it's not it's not just a matter. It's it's complex because it's not just a matter of was this a good choice. It's also a matter of was this a choice that deepened my desire to make more good choices? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it's the, it's the wanting more and more of whatever it is. Um, and so is this, um, yeah. So it's like that TV show that I was talking about that, that we um, were all talking about at Thanksgiving. It's like, did, did watching, not only did, did watching that show not edify me, like not much value added to life, but also it just made me want to watch more of that show. And so to have even more of my time spent in not edification. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've talked about this in the podcast before about specifically regarding conversation, right? Like this is part of why I did the episode on um, sharing the story of Dr. Takis was, was just to, to share a beautiful story and to give a witness to, to the kind of conversation that can edify and uplift instead of just bring down. And so we've talked about it on the podcast before regarding conversation, but it's really, it's true in all aspects of our lives on, on what we're choosing to do um, and how we're choosing to spend our time. Because like St. Saint, Saint Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians, um, 
he says, so, so whether you're eating or drinking, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God, right? Like there's, there's nothing in our day that's, that's insignificant to the Lord. Like there's nothing in our day that can't be used for the glory of God if we allow it. Um, and yeah. Amen. And the opposite of that is we did a podcast on the old Catholic stuff podcast about what we called gluttony, the gateway vice, because mm. gluttony, even though it's, it's a vice itself, um, by the way, Jen Gent is listening to the podcast that came out today right now is then sending oh, me a commentary so on like text about the one that came out today. Um, oh, that's great. So, but, uh, she, uh, anyway, per- so gluttony. Perla, well, that was a Perla, but also, okay. um, Perla was very upset. <laughs> Perla was very upset by our whole rant about words that begin with Epi. <laughs> oh. She was like, seriously, this is, <laughs> she gets really upset with us a lot. We just need to tell her to stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> is this helpful to your life? Is this, what was the psychological thing? Is this nourishing or Perla depleting. or is it depleting? <laughs> it's definitely not neutral. Um, Nothing so, is neutral with yeah. Perla. <laughs> So like gluttony, gluttony is a vice itself, but also leads to further vices. So mm-hmm. if you overeat, you're also going to be tend towards sloth. You're also going to tend towards lust. All these things, <clears throat> when, when the body is satiated, the body tends to rule. And the body, we become more hedonist that we've eaten and eaten enough. Um, and, but our body's just like, I just want a siesta right now. I just want to rest. And when our body rests, it starts to have like first world problems. It's like, oh my gosh, I know I, I want to be even more satiated. I want to be even more, you know, tapped into these luxuries. And that's why mm-hmm. eating is such a, the church has always said fasting has so much to do with eating because because if we keep our body wanting something, then then it, it'll, it'll, have less of a tendency to want the things that make it relax or rest even more, the more animalistic mm-hmm. tendencies um, of, our, of our body. So that's why getting good at, at fasting, and I'm preaching to myself here, obviously, um, meal fat face, um, getting, 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 good at, getting good at fasting, it can be like, I, 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 when I gain weight, it's all on my face. Um, but, but like getting good at fasting can help with like everything else. Everything else. I remember. <laughs> I remember speaking of calling each other out. I remember being out at a restaurant with you and some other parishioners one time during the fast, and, <laughs> and one of the parishioners telling you that you were putting on too much weight because you were eating too much pasta during the fast. Yeah. Um, anyways, like, like father, you're getting Michael. fatter during the fast. I'm like, I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I don't even have a scale, but I could just like tell. <laughs> because of the face. <laughs> All right. It's a lovely face. I'm sure oh, everyone agrees who's seen pictures. Yeah. God, God bless my parents for, for even when I get fat, I still have a quote, lovely face. <laughs> it's good genes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, yeah, that's true. Anyways, shout out to Bob and Maria Lachlan for giving you, you a lovely face. Hotties. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was really weird. I'm just trying to add creepiness to the podcast. It hasn't been creepy enough in a while. <laughs> oh, that was so weird. Can we actually edit that out? We'll edit that out. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, that's all I have on the topic. My dad went into work one time and brought my sister in when she was like five. 
Uh-huh. And and one of his female co-workers was like, oh my gosh, your daughter is so beautiful. You must have an amazingly pretty wife. <laughs> and he's like, what are you Thanks. saying? Yeah. <laughs> you must, your wife must be amazingly gorgeous because yeah, it was pretty funny. Okay. I went to, I went to work with my dad for take your, take your daughter to work day. Is that the same mm-hmm. thing? Like that's what it was? I don't probably. remember. Probably not. Um, we just probably just had a snafu with scheduling oh. or something. <laughs> well, um, I went in with my dad who, he was in the military. He was in the Navy for 20 years. Um, so he took me onto his ship and he was in charge of personnel stuff. So he, um, a lot, he was a dispersing clerk. So he was in charge of like um, personnel stuff and also um, distributing pay and things like that. But so, so he often had to keep track of like who was entering and leaving the ship and things like that. Um, so when I came home, my mom said, so what does your daddy do at work? And I said, he rips up papers and deletes people. <laughs> that was my description of my dad's work. So shout out to Dave Olson, mm-hmm. Chief Olson. Really good at what he does. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you have anything to add, Maggie, before we, before we wrap up? <laughs> Other than more laughter? <laughs> Maggie's got the loveliest face here, let's be honest. <laughs> That's because she actually has hair. <laughs> <laughs> She's the only one of us who has hair. Well, the only one that has hair. Yeah. I have so much hair. It's just hidden. <laughs> oh. I, I think you Mary, know, Mary of Egypt is looking pretty good up there as well. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I um do you know when um when I this just happened on Houstonia, I was thinking about my life profession day. So for those of you who don't know, um you um when you enter our monastery, you then don't cut your hair other than like a little symbolic clip at your tonsure. You don't cut your hair until your life profession. So thankfully I thought ahead. I didn't even know that my profession was gonna be postponed at this time, <laughs> but I cut my hair like up to my ears before I entered. Um and um, so anyways, it's now quite long because it's been five years. And um, I was thinking on Pustinia about my profession day and the image that kept coming to my mind was this huge smile on my face as the bishop is cutting my hair. <laughs> because I'm just so excited for it to can't be gone. I can't wait to see it. Oh, I can't wait to have it cut. I'm sure. I'm so excited. What do you do with the hair once it's cut? Somebody asked me that the other day. Oh, we donate it. Oh, that makes I think, sense. I think okay. mother keeps a lock of it or something like that. Maybe mm. I might've just made that up, but we, but we donate it. So my mom has my little tonsure from when I was 24 years old. She kept Aww. the hair, like the tonsure hair. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. It's like a, I have, I have hair from like my first haircut when I was one and my hair from my, my tonsure when I was, let's see, 24. Yeah. That would, yeah. yeah. 2005. Although Tantra yeah. was two years before that, so. Oh. I was ordained in 2007. Mm. No, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious, you, sorry. I was ordained in 2005. You know this better than I do. Yeah. But it was when I was when I was 27. That's why I'm getting confused. I was 27 when I was ordained. I was 25 yes. when I got tonsured. So, yeah. All right. Intentions. Yeah. Um, intentions. Let's see. Intentions. This is coming out on December 16th. Um, that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, pray for, um, my friend Laura for a special intention. Um, and her husband, Johnny, they're really beautiful people and I love them a lot. And, um, Laura is really significant in my life because I was actually thinking of her a lot during this podcast because, um, she was totally the one, um, 
<laughs> I mean, Laura has, as you know, Father Michael, no inhibitions. And so yeah. she was absolutely the one to just, you know, in college be like, um, you were really a jerk at that party last night um, and, um, <laughs> all the time. And, uh, but because of that and because of her sincerity, you also knew that when she gave you a compliment or when she was supporting you, it was 100% sincere. Um, so... Um, best friend Laura out in Colorado and yeah pray for her and Johnny for a special intention cool and for me I have two friends one I got the text you during this podcast so I have nice. two friends sorry I, did, I, did, I didn't send you the uh, so Father Nathan's kids like the first day I met them for some reason one of the Father, girls Father Nathan Adams Father Nathan Adams kids yes um, it's my, my new vicar at the parish um, I met his girls and so I was I walked up and I'm like, hi, hi, guys. like the second day. So I know them for like 24 hours. I said, how are you guys doing? One of their girls goes, you have no friends. And then they all start chanting, you have no friends. You. So I, I, I opened up a Marco Polo and sent it to my friends back in Denver. All my, my these little kids mocking me for having no friends in LA. So anyway, um, pray for two of my friends, two of my friends, not my two friends, two of my friends who both have COVID and one texted me during this recording. So, uh, and then the other one is, uh, texted me just last night. So anyway, I know numbers are rising and people are getting it. So pray for all those with COVID, but especially these two friends of mine who are now, I don't get to see them like I was going to see them before because they have COVID. So anyway. All right. Appreciate it. Maggie? Um, pray for uh, all couples that are engaged to be married and um, those having trouble conceiving. And uh, for a little boy named Lucas, he's three years old and he's battling cancer. So. Well, we'll ask for the intercession of little little Sierra. I buried a one and a half year old girl yesterday, and uh, obviously before the age of reason, I I've been praying for her because as is proper. But before the age of reason, you pretty much can in hope start praying to them pretty pretty mm-hmm. quickly. So the intercession of little Sierra, you know, pray for the little boy. Amen. All right. Father, give a blessing. That was a really good blessing, hand sister. Do that again. (laughs) So you can take a screenshot and get me in trouble with the world. You've been practicing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May you be sent out into the world with a desire for greater humility in all things, a humility that brings true confidence. May you have community that guides you in your growth towards holiness. May you be free by the grace of God through the protection of St. Michael the Archangel through the protection of your own guardian angel by the protection of the mother of God from any attacks of the devil that brings shame or self-hatred. May you go forward um, with a true love of your friends with a true desire to help and may you gather people around you that our Lord sends that can do the same for you. May you always grow in every way, but also just as human beings and desire that growth of of true human maturity until the day you die. And may you have people in your life and may our, the father who is a true father guide you as any good father does towards that maturity. May the Lord bless you in the name of the father and the son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you, love you. Thank you ladies, love you too. Be well.